Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out another episode of O. Jeremiah Talks. It's the podcast where the band O. Jeremiah just talks. And this week, we have a great episode. We are talking about Dune. The trailer just dropped. And if you're like a lot of people, we're very excited about it. We talk about just kind of like some of the history of it that we did not know. And we didn't realize that until we started talking about it more. We talked about why we're excited and what it means to us. And it's just a fun trip down science fiction-y lore and excitement. It's a great time. And we also super talk about the Enneagram. I did not know that we were going to talk about the Enneagram, but Aaron brings it up. We were on Wild. It's a great time. Uh, and if you're interested in the other half of this conversation, head over to our Patreon page. We talk all about the TV show Dave. It's on FX. It's Lil Dicky's TV show, and it's one that I love a great deal. So if you go to patreon.com slash ojeremiah, you can dive in. It's a great time. Okay, let's do it. O Jeremiah talks about the Enneagram, about Dune, about Lil Dicky. Let's go. I wanted to be you talking on the intro. Yeah. Okay, I feel like we should just start up top with talking about how much we miss coffee. Okay, you can't miss something that you still consume. Uh, yes, because if you drink <laughs> 8,000 cups a day and you're down to one, you can miss the other 7,999. What are you drinking right now? This is chai tea. Does it have caffeine in it? It does have caffeine, but That's again, the substance that we're talking about. Again. It is a drug. There, I said it. It Yeah, it's a drug. For sure. And you know that now better I'm than angry. ever. Right. I'm so angry. You're so angry. I'm having serious withdrawals. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah. I but I miss Oh, but we're gonna talk about you missing your afternoon cup. Okay. Yeah, no, and my three cups in the morning and my one cup at noon. Okay, we're just gonna completely pass that I completely cut it. Yes, and you've been having very extreme side effects. Go yes. ahead. You have nine heads. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh yeah. No, I'm how Tell do, me about your experience. Okay. Because thank a lot you. of, I assume all of our listeners drink at least two cups a day. Like if you're into music, if you're into TV, you're probably doing those things with coffee at some I point. I still know people that don't drink coffee. When someone tells me <laughs> that they do not drink coffee, I think one of two things they are unhinged or. What does that even mean? I, I don't know. It just, it seemed, or, or they're better than me. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's like an extreme. Like when someone comes up there like, I actually don't do caffeine. I think what what led you here? How did you get here? Here's what I think happened for those of us that love the caffeine. The calf. The calf. I think what happened was that either in high school, maybe even as young as middle school, but high school or college, someone was like, you have to try this. It's so cool. Oh my gosh, this is such a drug comparison, right? But like, and... We were like, oh, yeah, like, totally. Like, I, I drink coffee all the time. Like, I love coffee. And then you try it, and you're like, ugh, this stuff is bitter. But then you pretend like you enjoy it anyway. And then you get that little jolt from it, and you're like, wait a minute. Is that worth that taste? And then you find ways to cover up the taste. And then you might return to black coffee and just drink fuel all the time. But anyways. No, I would say that's that's true for me. So I, maybe the people that don't drink caffeine... Maybe they just never maybe maybe they just never pretended to like it. Well, it definitely coffee did not hit for me at first. It tasted like motor oil and I was like, "Why would you drink this?" But what I would do is I would go to Starbucks and I would get it was called the Java chip 
It was a frozen... Frappuccino? I don't know. I never learned what a frappuccino is. But it was a frozen coffee drink. Yeah, that was... That drink. tasted like melted brownie. Then yeah. they froze it. That, yeah. And it was delicious. That That's was the gateway into real coffee is chocolate and milk and all that kind of stuff. Totally. Like when you have a, a soccer mom that's like, I cannot I cannot go a day without my Java. And it's like mostly syrup and milk with like shot like shots and shots of caffeine. That's the gateway into real coffee. Oh, yeah. It's really stressful. But I, so yeah, why am I doing this? Great question. Um, I would say I'm, I'm, I've been trying to figure out how to word it because I don't want to say that I'm on, like, I don't like the word diet because I'm very against, like, the diet culture that we've, that we're fed all the time. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That's a great pun. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, But I would, I guess you could say I'm on, like, a 30-day experiment. Yes. I'm experimenting with a few decisions with food. You're, in you're order experimenting to experimenting with with uh, retracting food. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm um experimenting with removing some things in my pantry whatever. Um in order to kind of understand and help navigate my future clients in a more meaningful way because yeah. I will have understanding of what anyways. So I took out basically any of the major like triggers or uh, common food allergies or something like that. Like I'm, I've kind of just eliminated everything and I'm on day four and I am doing okay with most of the things that I took out, but caffeine is the freaking hardest. I had a headache for almost three days Yep. and I hate taking ibuprofen, but I, I caved and I did it because there, I just had no other way to function yesterday. And then I have napped every day except today. Yeah. And that really bothers me because I, you know, I'm, I really pride myself in, in how I got my hormones balanced and like my cortisol levels were like more regulated. So I was like staying awake in the afternoon, but I'm like, oh, a huge part of that, I guess, was caffeine. Yeah. Or... Yeah, I think I just relied on it so much. And like you, you made a good point today. Like I, I had lunch today and I'm, I'm even, yeah, I'm doing everything I can to try not to crash in the afternoon. And this podcast is one of them on accident. But after lunch today, I was like, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to get out in the sunshine whenever and like kind of show my circadian rhythm. Hey, it's still daylight. We're still kicking. (laughs) Let's still go. And you, whenever I came in, you were like, yeah, like I get it. Like you just don't feel normal. Because I was so irritable yesterday. Yeah, I was emotional. Because, I was because irritable. I usually drink so much coffee. And today I waited until noon to drink my coffee because I was like, oh, if I'm only going to have one cup, let me get through some of the day. And the whole morning I was just like sluggish and I felt like I had sand in my bones or something. It was just, it was so hard to like move around the same way. And then when I finally had my coffee, it didn't jolt me awake. No. It just got me back to normal. Yeah, and yeah, whenever coffee stops giving you a jolt, you're, I guess that's whenever it's like troublesome. I have a. But you. No, go ahead. Um, but you even said, you were like, hey, like, I actually thought you were being a little dramatic yesterday with how you were feeling, but. Yeah. Now having gone, like, this is day four. Like, I read, I was reading a lot of articles about it, and they say your caffeine withdrawals can last anywhere from two to nine days. 
And so I'm just like, okay, let's just make this happen. Well, I will say it's given me hope because I thought I was going to have to cut it completely from my life because I do not have a good, like, I don't have a good brain for, oh, let's just stop at one cup. I'm like, oh, let's just have one. Well, we talked about last week where you're all or nothing. I'm all or nothing, especially when it comes to coffee. But this whole week I've had one and it's been awesome. Do you think it's helped that I like cut it out? No, um, oh. I, because I'm not with you whenever I like want yeah. coffee, you know, True. um, but I have, uh, I have a Colombian friend and he can drink coffee at like midnight and then go to bed after. Oh my word. And he's like, yeah, I just drink one cup a day. And we were like arguing about it. I was like, no, you can't have one cup of coffee a day. And he's like, no, I, that's exactly what I do. But I, I'm see- feeling that this week that like, oh yeah, you can have healthy relationships. You can be an adult about things. Yeah. So I'm I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling hopeful on the coffee front. I think my withdrawals are so strong that I'm wondering if whenever I'm done with the th- 30 days, like I'm gonna try to slowly reintroduce a few of the things that I cut out and see how my body reacts to them. But I don't know if I introduce coffee or not, but I'm, I mean, I miss it on every level, not just for the obvious reasons, but I love the ritual of it and the taste of it. Yeah. Cause we've tried, we tried Ticino, which is like a coffee substitute. And when you drink it, it feels like, uh, you, you're finding out a loved one is secretly someone else or oh, something. It's just you not feel real. like you get duped. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I, like, finally, why are you pretending to be coffee? I know. I finally tried uh, dandelion root tea. They, they recommend that as a coffee substitute. And I think the only reason for that is because it looks like coffee. Yeah. But, um, well, I, I will say that is a big step into substituting coffee is because, like, looking like it. Well, in the Ticino, you can literally brew it in the coffee pot. That helps a ton. Yeah. But the dandelion root tea, you have to, like, it's like a bag that you have to steep but um that apparently is just like amazing for like your liver functioning as a whole and your liver does over 500 things in the body so we like to keep it running properly but anyways all that to say i've really enjoyed the dandelion root tea but it of course doesn't have caffeine so i find but that cutting caffeine finally made me try that because i never had like a desire to really get that kind of tea (laughs) but um yeah i'm I will report back with what happens to me. I just, like I said, I really want to have a deeper understanding of like working with my clients because like if I see that a certain thing is clearly causing a lot of like symptoms and discomfort within a client, then chances are I'm going to say, hey, why don't we cut that out for a couple of weeks and see if it makes you feel any better? I want to be able to be like, hey, I've cut that out before and it's totally doable. Here's what you can do instead. Like, I want to have alternatives. I don't just want to like blindly be like, do this. Good luck. I want to like actually put my money where my mouth is with this. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So caffeine is definitely the hardest. And to my future client that I asked to cut it out, you're welcome. Do you want to tell people about your bobos? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, we were so Aaron. Those if you are, didn't listen last week, Aaron, oh yeah, Aaron went to the derm, the dermatologist, and got snip snapped on two spots, mm-hmm. and uh, they sent him off to get biopsied or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're Turns checking out, for some skin cancer, and I'm good to go. Yeah, which is great. No, both are benign, all good. So now I have these stupid stitches for no reason. No, she was being careful, whatever. Yeah, and you also have a family history of it and all that stuff. All that whatever stuff, but I do sunscreen, so now I wear a hat and. We're growing up. Sunscreen more. We have to worry about grown up things now. Yeah, that's annoying. We have to go to the dermatologist. Yeah, 
Do you want to talk about? <laughs> Let's yes. talk about some TV stuff. Yeah. What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hey, that's pretty good idea. So today the Dune trailer dropped and we just watched it together. It, yes. it is currently Thursday, the twenty second, and the Dune trailer dropped. Okay. So Dune is one of the OG mega sci-fi novels that like swept the whole earth. Okay, like, yeah, teach me about Dune. Okay, so Dune I had is, a lot of questions. You had a lot of questions. I've tried to start the book three times. I have it right over there. I'm going to read it before the movie comes out, but I have a complicated relationship with the book because the book is so heady science fiction, and it is so um, just, it, it, it just creeps along to me. How old is the book? Uh, I mean, it's it's old. It, I, I want to say '80s or '90s, maybe even '70s. I mean, we can we can. It's all... just, is it just like a very beloved well, sci- sci-fi? It inspired Star Wars. So when you oh ask me, is this Star Wars? And it's not Star Wars, but it is a precursor to Star Wars that inspired Star okay, Wars. Okay, well that makes me feel better. Yeah. So it's probably '70s. I literally was like, I don't know where my phone is, or I'd look it up, but I, that's okay. Yeah. So it is. Uh, just like Tatooine on Star Wars, it starts on this like sandy planet and it's a hero's journey. Yeah. Except the main character's name is Paul. And the whole the whole book is it's it's there's this spice and it's called melange. And it's it's almost like a currency to these people. And if you if you love Is that the dust flex that they yes, talk about? Yes. Got if it. you love the book Dune, I'm sorry that I'm wrecking your favorite book. But I I couldn't get excited By calling about it Spice the, Flex? No, because I'm I'm doing a bad job explaining what it is. But I I was so boring to me and I could not get into it. So I YouTubed uh plot to Dune. Uh oh. And I got this uh Gangsters Who Read is what it's called? Okay. No, yeah. yeah or you told me about this. And it was amazing. It's this guy and he basically like just tells you in like a it's like you're in a bathroom in a public place and he's like, "Dude, did you read that book, Dune? It's like this." And he like just spits it out at you really quick. And it's yeah. really fun. That's wild. Um but the reason I got so excited about the movie is cuz my favorite movie of that of the year it came out was uh Blade Runner 2049. Same director that's why I got that vibe as well. Yes. I got, I was like, is this Blade Runner meets Star Wars? And that's exactly what it is. Wow. It could not be more that. But Blade Runner 2049, I watched it in theaters three times. Anytime it's on TV, I, I'm like, make you watch it. Yeah. We were in the hotel and the uh, Elvis Presley fight scene comes on. Oh, yeah. You, and I tell you, yeah. this was my favorite scene in a movie theater that I can remember. And it was just, it just wasn't the same. You didn't have the context of why it was cool. It was on a small hotel TV. No, I, I could appreciate the choreography from it. Yeah. And it's also Elvis singing, uh, can't help falling in love while like Harrison Ford like punches Ryan Gosling. Like it was just a perfect moment to me. But the the movie Dune is coming out. It got it got delayed because of pandemic. It was supposed to come out. That's why everyone's freaking out about it. Yeah. So it got pushed back to October because of the pandemic. It was one of the movies that that had to get delayed because movie theaters weren't opening. Okay. But I think it's gonna be on HBO where it's the we you can watch it on T V or on in the do you want to go to theaters for it? Oh, absolutely. I've waited too long. I'm too excited about it. Okay, you're excited about it, even though you didn't really care for the book. I didn't care for the book because... But you're still trying to finish it. 
I'm, I'm going to finish it for sure. I, I think a lot of it has to do, I always tell you, I can tell how good my mental health is by how much I'm reading. And you're kind of in a, in a rhythm right now. I'm in a great rhythm right now. Like, I feel like I'm finally recovering from COVID after, you know, it's, it's just finally catching up to good headspace. Yeah. But the movie has so many things about it that I love. One. Yes. Blockbuster movies now, for some reason, the soundtrack sounds like Orca Whales giving birth. Like, it, that's exactly can what it sounds like. Jeremiah, to me. I was actually going to talk to you about this. Can we talk about the noise at the beginning? It's always within the first ten seconds of a trailer, and it goes whoa. Yeah, it's an orca. It's just and then the movie starts. But sounds, in the world, sound. That's oh my gosh. Every blockbuster. Oh my gosh! But sounds really like that's what I. That's the sen- the sense, the sensory input that gets me the most is is sounds and that noise whenever i heard it though i was just like that sound really freaks me out i wonder if it's it's a sound designed to grab your attention yeah because you know commercials on tv are a louder volume than the tv show you're watching to pull you out of it and to pay attention to the commercial so there's all of these like regulations on how loud you can make a commercial. I wonder if it's a similar like principle where it's like you're watching TV and then the first thing you hear is and then you're just like, what the heck is this? You definitely do. It definitely draws your attention in. Yeah, of course. And it freaks me out. But yeah, we're actually, it's funny you mentioned that about commercials because I've been doing Hulu lately and so commercials and it's, and I'm not used to them and it's just kind of weird. Yeah, I took a marketing class in college and they told us that. They were like, pay attention to how loud a commercial is. Like you'll go into the other room when a commercial hits and it's almost like they're turning up the volume so you can hear it in the other room. Well, because they know a lot of people like start to do things in the commercial. Yeah, perfect. Uh, but the movie has so many things that I'm excited about. One, it Tim- has Timothy, Timothy Shalashalamha, who is perfect. America's like sweetheart now. He's in every movie. You can't get away from him. He's also mm-hmm. going to be Bob Dylan in a Bob Dylan biopic. I want to see that. Yeah, how could you not? I uh, I could try. It's got Zendaya, who uh, I think that's how you say her name. Everyone loves her also. Okay. Uh, she is on TVs and movies that I are not marketed to me, usually. Okay. Like, I haven't seen the Spider-Man movies that she's in, but I hear she's wonderful. Is she the main chick in it? Yes. I think she plays MJ, I think. Um, Maybe... Maybe Gwen Stacy. I don't know. She's she's definitely the Spider-Man love interest. Though. Who is uh, what's Timothy's character? Paul. Paul. Wow. You're amazing. My it's like you wrote it. Um, are, you, are you Frank? I was there. Hubert. Hubert. Who's that? Um, He's the guy that wrote Dune. Cool. Yeah. yeah who that. who plays his mom? I recognize her. Uh, I want to say she was in Game of Thrones. Okay. Let me let me get my phone. Hang on. And then the guy from yeah, grab your phone. Okay, so I went and grabbed my phone just so I could. I, I, I just imagined Dune fans listening to this and, and revolting because I'm not getting any of the details right. Yeah. So Dune was written in 1965. Good job. I named that every decade but the one it was in. 65? <laughs> yeah, so it's like one of the OG, like, monster sci fi epics. It's beloved. They have, like, there's like 10 different, uh, chat, like, volumes of it but the first one is the one that everyone agrees is the is the is the one uh the girl there's that, 10 different editions of it there's a bunch there's like dune oh and there's editions, like not dune, volumes. dune forever okay. and it. then there's like dune your mother and like the, all those other things anyway so uh the girl you're talking about is rebecca ferguson okay. and i know her from the mission impossible movies yes and she was in dr sleep 
she was in uh, The New Men in Black, which I never watched. Mm-hmm. But she's like, oh, and she was in The Greatest Showman. I do not know what she was in The Greatest Showman. Check and see if Zendaya was too, because I'm pretty sure she was. Okay, now we're now this is a podcast about Greatest Showman. but Well, because that's the first thing I said whenever I watched the And trailer. Zendaya is in the trailer. So, yes, Zendaya is definitely in The Greatest Showman. Good Got call. It. Good and then the mom, who was she in that movie? Uh, she was Jenny Lind. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's great. I love that. I love that. So the the reasons I get excited about Dune are um, they made a they made an '80s version of Dune, and it was with the guy from Twin Peaks. That's why I keep getting Blade Runner vibes. Yeah, but the '80s version was so bad. I got through ten minutes of it. You were out of town one time, and I was like, "I'm gonna watch Dune," and it was so bad. I was like, "I can't, I can't get through this." So I'm excited that I'll finally get to watch it the way that probably the writer would have wanted it to be. But it's got Jason Momoa. I mean, it does. Did we watch the same trailer? Because he was in like the entire trailer. Hmm. Yeah. So Jason Momoa is in it. He's like super. Uh, I throw swords, and I'm super jacked guy. That's what is he from? Jason Momoa. Don't hurt me. Game, Game of Thrones. Of, Game of Thrones. He's Aquaman. Khaleesi's husband. Yeah. Her first husband. Yeah. That dies? Yes. Yes. Sorry if you love Game of Thrones, but I mean... I mean, it's in like the first season. Game of Thrones is one of the, one she of the shows... She smuggles them. Yeah. Game of Thrones... Smothers. Is, Game of Thrones is one of those shows where I don't... I, I tell people like, hey, I'll spoil it for you if you don't want to get your heart broken at the end. Because it has like... The, the finale goes so sideways on people. Mm-hmm. But the first four seasons of that show are just bananas. Yeah, I saw that scene where he died. Okay, so that's Jason. Okay, there's also an older guy in the movie that I recognize his voice. Dave Bautista. He was a professional wrestler. He's in Guardians of the Galaxy. You saw him and you were like, oh, it's him. And I was like, I wonder who she thinks that is. Not him. Can I tell you who I thought it was, though? Yeah. Definitely not the right person. No, I know. I could tell. I was really excited to tell you that it wasn't who you thought it was. But then I know that he's in the Avengers. Yeah, that's the same guy. He's blue in it. Okay, so I do know what I'm talking about. You do know what you're talking about. But initially I saw him and I was like, is that the guy from Game of Thrones? It's not. It's not. But then Avengers, because I imagine him with like a little skunk on his shoulder. Yeah. Fox? Yeah. No, it's a badger. Badger. Yeah. Uh, And then Josh Brolin is in it, who I love. That's that's the older guy. (laughs) Babe, you're going so fast. I'm trying to talk with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Isaac is also in it. He was Poe. Bringing back the Star Wars vibes. There's so many people in this. It's a monster movie. How can you not be excited about this movie? I I mean, I guess I am now. Yeah. But you did one of those things where I show you a thing that I'm really excited about. I'll be like, babe, this is my favorite song. And you'll be like, okay, play it. And then I'll play it and you'll be like, who is this? What's the What instrument is this played on? What key is this in? What's the tempo? And like, we've listened to the whole song and you're like, the, but that's the Dune, like, I push play, the trailer goes. The orc has happened. I said really quiet. I was really quiet. Yeah. All I did was, <gasps> and then at the end I said, I have a lot of questions. And yes. you said, save it for the podcast. So, yes, we are uh, We are very excited about Dune. Are but, you gonna, Are you actually going to finish the book? Yeah, for sure. I will. But, but the thing is, I know everything that happens in it because of that YouTube thing that I watched. Uh, but I, I, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm really excited about the fact that movies are coming back. I mean, with the Delta variant, it it may just be a TV release. I don't think they'll delay it again, but I don't know if theaters are going to stay open because as of right now, everything seems to be ramping up again. Well, it's, let's be cool. Let's be cool. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but also really quick, unlike Star Wars, it does seem like the lineage is easier to follow. You got that from the trailer? 
Yeah. Okay. No, I love that. I mean, I knew who, who his parents were. Yeah, because he that's said... That's clue it, number one. Well, yeah, because Oscar Isaac says, that's my son. Or the one role you need to to do well is you're already doing... You're my son. Yeah, yeah. We watched the same trailer. So, <laughs> Jeremiah, well, it was stop. a It was a three and a half minute trailer. I didn't even know they made trailers that long. It was the whole movie. Like, you see the entire movie play out. Can you imagine that job editing down to get the perfect preview? Well, they've been trying to hype this thing for like three years now. Do you like think when they it kept got... the same one or they revisited it? The trailer? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm sure they extended it. I'm sure it's like the Mondo trailer. Yeah. Because they've done the big uh, the big monster in the sand teaser. And they're like, how do we how do we show people that this is going to be worth the wait? It's like the whole face and the squigglies. Yeah, that's it. Um, I thought my Star Wars joke was funny. What was your Star Wars? But you show? took it too literally. I was like, "Oh, unlike Star Wars, the family, the lineage is clear." Can I tell you? Every time before I watch a Star Wars movie, I have to Google the Star Wars. Can I tell my favorite story with you about Star Wars? You've already told this, and it's actually not as funny as you think it is. It is so funny, babe. It's funny stop. every time. I. It, You've already told it. No, I know, but it was like two years ago when I told it. Do you not want me to tell it? Can I tell it? So, I just get confused, and as a kid, I I wasn't as into it as I thought I was. I was not into Star Wars when we met, and you were. You told me that you love Star Wars. Your, what? I your did. Your grandma sewed you a Princess Leia outfit. You Jabba the Hutt was your pet. Like you, <laughs> like, you lived on Tatooine, and you just loved it so much. And then we go to see. Uh, the Force Awakens together. Like, after all these years, the Star Wars movies are coming back, and I think, finally, I'm going to watch a Star Wars movie, and I'm going to get into this. And we go together. We had ju- either just started dating, or we were, like, like getting kind of serious. It was, like, a year in. It was, like, a year in. So, like, I'm really excited. It's date night. We're, you're going to teach me all about Star Wars. And we get in it, and we're watching it, and I don't know who any of these characters are. I don't know why their guns go pew-pew, but they do, and it's did great. You, did you really not have any... I uh, I watched the third one in theaters, and I was like, "This is bananas." Yeah. Um, but at so the first twenty minutes of the movie happen, no idea what's coming on, and then Harrison Ford goes on, and you go, "It's Luke Skywalker." I don't recall doing that. You did it, and it was hysterical because even I knew that was that was wrong. I don't recall. And it was very funny. And then after the movie, it re- revealed that oh, I haven't like super kept up with it, and I don't really remember Star Wars. But it's very funny. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, what is something that you're super into this week? Thank you for asking. Um, certainly not your attitude. Ouch. Thank you. Uh, Annie Downs does a Ennea summer every summer. Like pod- her podcast does like Enneagram episodes. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like after like the hot and heavy relationship with the Enneagram happened like five years ago. Like you, it still like has remained like a tool in my life. Yeah. And occasionally I'll, I'll, as a nine or someone that identifies with the nine number the most, like I feel like um, there are still times where I just like really need to be seen, and I really need someone to just kind of speak my language if I'm having a bad day. So yesterday I was like, let me go find the nine, and I did listen to it, and it was awesome. I'm listening to the seven today because I love you deeply and I would like to understand you. Yeah. You said you said something that 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 caught my ear. You said I am someone who identifies with the nine number or something like that. Is that more of like you you change the language of that for like identity's sake? 
Like, why did you make that correction? Good question. I don't like to say I am a nine. Yeah, that's because that's what you like, said initially, and then you changed it. Well, it's so nitpicky if I'm being totally honest, but I like to not get in the habit of saying that because, you know, like I feel like everyone else, like I, I don't want to be identified just by the number. Yeah, of course. So I, as Aaron, as a musician, foodie, nutritionist, I, you know, like as this person, as friend, sister, aunt, whatever, like I identify most with the nine Enneagram number. Right. That's kind of what I say. Is that bad? No, no. I was just curious. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a dramatic shift, but I just, instead of being like, I'm a seven or I'm a not, I'm a one. I don't know. Cause I, I'd like to be something beyond my number. And I, I think what's tough is that I have a really hard time whenever, uh, I think it, it will help remove the whole stigma of like assuming something about a number be like, Oh yeah, that's such a nine thing or, Oh, that's such a one thing or do you know what I'm saying? And it also doesn't give you much room to grow. If you just accept the way that you are and you're like, oh, I'm not really like, I don't really do this because of my number. Like I'm, I'm late, classic seven mm-hmm. or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. It's just like, no, like you can still be you, but also like this toolkit is that is is for you to use. Yeah. But I also, that actually leads me to something else that I wanted to say on here can that we, I've can been thinking hang, about. Can we hang out on the Enneagram for just a little bit longer? That is come, what this is about. Okay, great. Go ahead. Um, Like... I was listening to the nine episode that I was talking about and something that I think something that like triggers me and makes me react and get irritated is whenever someone congratulates me for quote coming out of my shell. (laughs) Okay. And I think I finally figured it out why whenever I listened to that podcast. Okay. I think because like the areas of growth that a nine needs is so incredibly um, acceptable, but also something that a lot of people already have. So, like, you, no one would ever say, oh, my gosh, Jeremiah, I'm so glad you came out of your shell. Like, that's just not who you are. Yeah, I was born without a shell. But, like, what if someone said to you, Cause I'm going to take, cause that's like the, I think that's one of my deepest, um, struggles as a nine is that like, I really conserve my energy and I don't want to be like a ham for everyone. Like that's right. just not who I am. So I feel like it would be like saying, uh, Jeremiah, I am just so proud of you for, um, learning how to be sad. That feels mean, right? Yeah. What, what? I mean, it feels different than what you're saying. What you're saying to me sounds like, what, do you only see me when I'm being loud? Like, that's what it sounds like to me. It's like, I'm so glad you came out of your shell so I could finally pay attention to you for once. Like, that's what, that's what I hear. Or that's I what know. I would hear if I was a nine, probably. Yeah. Or I think it's also like, um, oh, thank goodness you, like, did the work to be something, to, like, overcome your fears. But, like... Or it'd be like telling a, I don't know, I, I it, it I, what am I trying to say? It, I think I'm trying to think of another number of like, oh, like an eight, like, oh, I'm, I'm so glad that you learned how to be compassionate for other people. Hmm. 
it's like this weird um like because a nine already has really like kind and likable qualities about them we feel like we can celebrate the areas of growth for them like that because it's like because it's not going to feel insulting because it's just another positive of like, oh, you're learning how to be tough. You're learning how to stick up for yourself. Yay. Right. Good for you. Like, man, I like, yeah, even if I am like, even if I am like learning those things, I don't know. It's just hard for me to um, to accept those sometimes because I'm like, yeah, but like if I congratulated you for the things that you have worked on, it wouldn't really feel great because those are things that I naturally have that are just like nice as a human to have. Yeah, I think so. And going back to your example of congratulating a seven for learning how to be sad, that's not something I wanted to work on. Like, that's yeah. just me molding into something because I had to. Like, you don't necessarily need to learn how to come out of your quote shell. Or, Jeremiah, I'm so glad you learned how to like not be the center of attention all the time. Yeah, I mean, that sucks. And, and I think maybe I'm not there's obviously something deeper there that I need to figure out why it bothers me so bad. But like, um, the podcast kind of like alluded to some of that and it made sense. Now, here's the thing. If I know you, if I know someone deeply in there and they can see that I'm actively trying to put in the work for something like that's one thing, you know what I mean? Like if a close friend or if you or my sister, if someone's telling me like, Hey, like you've come a long way with blank, like a very specific thing, I will receive that well. Yeah. But it's, I think I'm thinking of like, and it goes back to the whole, almost why we started the podcast of just like people at a show that assume that they know me and they feel like they can just be like, yo, can you sing more? Or like, oh, I just can't wait till you're more confident or like right. now it's, oh, you're out of your shell. And it's just like, it's just frustrating. And yeah. maybe I'm being too dramatic. No. And the podcast gives us this weird line. We have to, we have to walk of not sharing too much, but sharing enough. Like, and I feel like the Enneagram is similar. Like I remember I was in, I was in my therapist and this is probably oversharing, but, um, we were talking about the Enneagram and I told her that I'm a seven. And I also told her that I've known what I wanted to do with my life since I was 11. And she goes, Oh, so you must be a wing eight. And I was like, no, I'm definitely a wing six. And she was like, Oh, are you sure? And I was like, you've known me for a minute. Yeah. And I, it like people have assumptions about it. People have assumptions about it. And like my therapist is awesome. That was like one sentence that she said that was a little bit goofy, but like people I've, I've heard people, I've heard at least three people go, Aaron, are you sure you're not a four? And what that tells you, what that tells me is that they're like, this doesn't fit in this, these parameters that someone else set up on how I see you. Yeah. And it makes you go like, do you know the real me or do you know me according to these numbers that are really popular right now? You know? Yeah. It's complicated. And I'm afraid I got a little too salty. Did I come across as like mad? I mean, you like started swearing a lot. It was, just, <laughs> you just got, you just blacked out and just starts. Did say, I, did I make any sense though? Yeah. I think of the comparison of like a nine's growth just looks so different than the rest of the numbers growth. Yeah, and I think the of all the numbers that I would say are not celebrated in the world we live in today, I would say it's the nine because we are performing for each other all the time, not to get all Bo Burnham-y, 
but it's like we're always trying to get someone else's attention. And that is why, like, it's really good to be a seven or it's really good to be a three or an eight. But, like, it's not really celebrated to go inward and to rest and to to give yourself the space to recover. That's not really celebrated. We're trying to squeeze the the juices of life for everything that they've got. And I just don't I just don't think that there's a good outlet for a nine to be a nine and to also be celebrated. Does that make sense? Sure. So that for me, like I get to celebrate you every day because you know, I will be running myself ragged and you'll be like, hey, you don't need to go to the gym or all these other things. You need to just sit and enjoy the silence with me. And every time I do that, I feel a million times better. And another reason we started the podcast, I feel like I get you all to myself. People come up to the show and they're like demanding all these things from you. But there is so much to be to be enjoyed about you. And this is this is just the kind of atmosphere where those things like really thrive, you know, like yeah. when there was a whenever there's a hundred people in a room, like you get smaller, and this is a way where it's just the two of us where you can get bigger, you know. Like it's just it's just a really weird relationship, being yeah. as introverted and as ninety as you are. Yeah, but I think the enneagram. What I what I what I hear you saying that I really like is you're talking a lot about growth and you're talking about like self awareness, which I think are great things that the enneagram gives us language for. But I always get super turned off whenever the Enneagram becomes like a house in Harry Potter where it's like, oh, I'm a Slytherin. I'm a seven. Yes, that's a really good way to describe it. And it's like these are just like arbitrary things that you are defining yourself as. But if it's a tool to go, hey, here's where you can you can grow into being a better whole person. Like for me, knowing my seven tendencies are I'm it's hard for me to stay present. And I think that's, you just made me realize that, like, make you grow for your for yourself, not for anyone else. Right. But I think whenever people tell me those compliments, I'm like, I'm not growing for you. Yeah. Like, am I enough for you now? Yeah, like, oh, now that I'm singing more, now that I'm giving you more of myself, is, is that that that's that's the growth that you're after yeah is that enough like you're asking too much of me yeah i think that's i think that's the root of why i'm frustrated by it can you can you recommend a good source for enneagram stuff maybe the annie downs thing is what you're is what you're talking about but yeah i think that the her india summer podcast this year really good yeah i think that's great but for what? Just for general? Just because we don't talk about the Enneagram a lot on here. Like it comes I mean, I up... feel like we did a decent amount. Yeah, she also has Suzanne Stabil, which is like, I call her like, I don't know if she's the mother of the Enneagram, but I'd like to she's call her She's definitely that. like the authority. Right. And um, she has her on the podcast and they do like little explanations of each number. So I, th- I think it's a good place to start. Because I remember whenever the Enneagram swept through our circles, it, it did become like a, who am I? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like you were like playing the lottery of personalities. Yeah. And the, the further it goes, the less excited I am by the Enneagram, but the more I appreciate it for yeah. what it is, what it was meant to do. You know, what's funny is uh, she said, I'm late to the, game to like be listening to the episodes because she's been releasing them since probably June but um last summer I think she started it a couple summer, summers ago where she, where she does the Ennea summer and she interviews um two of each number but uh, last year she did the nines last like she just did it in chronological order mm-hmm. instead of like by you know triads like the head triad gut whatever and she said that 
by the end of it nine or before the nine episode was released lastly like all of the people that didn't really know about the Enneagram before like a lot of poor nines were like floundering because they're like oh my gosh I don't know what number I am right because nines like identify with most of the numbers right like we can relate to all of them so they were like really confused and so this year she started with nine so and went that, backwards um maybe I, I don't know but maybe she started with eight nine one and did like the triads like uh, that the triad, I forgot. I but she did it one of the first ones because she's like my poor nines were like really stressed out about like oh my gosh i relate to everyone <laughs> which i thought was kind of funny that's funny uh what are you into <laughs> sorry yeah, we definitely we definitely made a meal out of that but it was very tasty i enjoyed that uh i am into this book that i'm reading sorry for punching my microphone i am reading this book right now called clara in the sun and it is it's by the same writer that wrote never let me go and the premise of the book is there are these artificial friend companions and they're in a store. What? I know. It sounds bananas. But they're, the way it's written, it's so engaging and it's so creative. And it's, it's just like I, I'm always in awe of creative humans that think of things like this. Like I'm going to dedicate a year of my life to writing this book to putting my my name on this book and saying this is what I'm making, yeah. But it's like these two, I, and I'm very I'm I'm just now getting into it. But uh, they're these two, they're AFs or what they're called, and they're like these artificial friends, and they're in the window of the store and they're watching people go by, like seeing the best in them, and they're like, I hope they pick me to be their friend, so oh I gosh. can be the thing they need me to be for them. And it's like little kids that, that adopt these toys and then they go on and they, you know, live their life with these companions. And like the kids come in and they tell the doll, like, are you sure you'd want to you'd be happy with me? Like my room's kind of messy, but like, I promise you'll like it. And they're like, no, no, I, I want to help you clean your room. I want. Does it talk to you? They talk to you? Yes. So like they can communicate. They're artificial friends. It's it's a really goofy that is concept. So weird. But it's like it's a bigger theme that is not lost on me. Like it like as I'm reading this, I get I find myself getting emotional at just Am like I what the brilliance. Yes, just like at the brilliance oh, of that's it. That's been your whole motto this past. Oh my gosh! Like, am I enough now? But it the it's basically like a a narrate like a I don't know. Just a story about what does it mean to really love? Like a grown up version of Toy Story. Maybe, kind of, yeah. But I read Never Let Me Go, uh, and I I didn't know anything about it. I just thought, like, yeah, I'll read this book. It's got kind of a cool title. I'm into it. And it was similar, where it was like, oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And it just rocked my whole world. So uh, Clara and the Sun is the thing I'm super into this week. Why is, why is it called Clara and the Sun? So the main AF, her name is Clara, and they're powered by the sun. So whenever it's like a really cloudy oh day, gosh. I know it kills me. Uh, whenever it's a really cloudy day, they're all kind of like, like just sluggish. Oh, and that's can... a metaphor in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Well, interesting. Yeah. So it's very, uh, he, he, he's, it's a great, it's a great book. And he is one of those writers where I'm like, oh, he is just consistently writing masterpieces. I just yeah. need to read his whole catalog. Yeah. Okay. Let's jump over to Patreon. We're going to talk about Dave. Dave. Dave.